You know, you hear a lot about this being a global economy. Clearly, it's a it's a global economy, but you don't understand how close it comes to home. Texas, for example, is ranked number two for American jobs that are supported by foreign direct investments. I was blown away by that number. It comes from the Global Business Alliance. The president and CEO of the Global Business Alliance is uh, Nancy McLernan, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what's the nature of these jobs? Are, is this oil and gas industry? Is that why they're here? No, no, not even by a long shot. And, you know, you mentioned the global economy. When the average American thinks of the global economy, they're thinking of goods that they can get, products they can go down to their local Walmart and pick up at uh, a less expensive price. But our connections with the global economy uh, really are, are so much more. And the jobs that are directly supported by international companies right here in the U.S. is a great example of them. Across the country, international companies employ about 7.8 million Americans, and it's actually concentrated in the manufacturing sector. And Texas has done an amazing job in attracting international companies to set up shop um, there, as you mentioned, Texas is now the second in the nation for the jobs um, that have been created at international companies for our U.S. workers. It's now over 666,000 workers get a paycheck just in Texas. Thanks to our global connections, just in Texas. So I looked at the breakdown. The U.K., Japan, and France have the largest number of jobs, and I'm trying to think. I'm hard-pressed to know of a U.K. company other than, you know, maybe, you know, some big oil company that, that has employees here. <laughs> France, I know Essilor is a major employer. They they make all the, the, the eyeglass lenses. But I'm amazed. Are these goods that are manufactured here but then sold elsewhere? Are these foreign-owned companies that manufacture here to, to sell within the U.S.? Yeah, it's a combination of it. So... Um, I'm going to blow your mind with a statistic that <clears throat> recently came out from the Commerce Department. So over the last five years, foreign companies in the United States created 80% of all U.S. manufacturing jobs. So very counterintuitively, foreign companies, our global connections, are actually driving made in America. And it is uh, a lot for the U.S. consumer, but it's also – for consumers around the world, um, right? That these companies and the employees, the U.S. employees that work for them manufacture about 25% of U.S. exports. So, you know, our trade, our relationships with our um, partners around the world, uh, it's a complex relationship. Um, and the U.S. is kind of winning um, kind of the global race in being able to attract jobs like these. And they're not jobs that, um, uh, you know, are, are low wage. They actually are jobs that pay, on average, about 20% higher than the private sector. Yeah, I mean, that's um, the manufacturing sector, you know, much better paying, exactly. much better paying than the service sector. Uh, well, so what happens, you know, wh what happens when you have the specter of a trade war like we had over the last couple of years? It started with China, but then, you know, it expanded to Europe and everything else. What? How disruptive is that? Yeah, it's it's been very di uh, disruptive. Actually, foreign direct investment in the U.S. fell over the four years uh, of the Trump administration. 
and new numbers that just came out um, uh, earlier this year showed that China has now replaced the U.S. as the number one destination for cross-border investment. So we've got to we've got to claw back some of those jobs on the global table. How, how do you do that? I mean, it's hard to be. What we've what we've learned is it's hard to be competitive. Our our, our wage structure is higher. Um, how do you how do you compete? Yeah, well, um, our wages do, do not have necessarily an impact on foreign direct investment. Companies, my members that uh, invest in the United States, obviously proximity to customer is huge, but it's the quality of our workforce. That's what I hear over and over again. And, you know, right there in Texas, you've got Toyota, you've got Ericsson, you've got so many foreign companies right there in Texas, some that you may not even know are globally headquartered abroad because they've been in the U.S. for decades, some for more than a century right? They are part of the U.S. success story. But the way in which to be successful, right, that we need to have stability, right? Our, our, our marketplace um, is second to none. Companies want to be here. Um, our workforce is, um, is talented, um, but it's that stability. These investment decisions are made um, not because of a, a blip in one factor or the other, or the exchange rate or anything like that, it, they're made for the long haul. These companies, once yeah. they invest here, you know, they're here for the long haul. And so what I heard over and over and over again over the last four years is that the somewhat um, unpredictable environment in terms of our uh, relationships with some of our major trading partners in, in Europe um, as well as in Asia um, – made their management sort of second guess uh, about investing here. The uh, I, I noticed the the foreign uh, involvement in employment here in Texas took a real shot in the arm between 2013 and 2018. It was up almost 28%. Why was that? Do you know? Yeah, and, and what's, what's really interesting is the state's overall private sector employment during that time was up about 13%. So again, it was the foreign direct investment in Texas that was really driving up the overall uh, private sector um, increase. And uh, you know, I would say that the, the state has done a good job, your economic development folks have done a really good job in attracting these companies. Um, I would say a fair amount of it is also reinvestment from the companies that are still, that are there, right? So like in any business, your current customers are really important so ensuring that they have the opportunity to succeed, you know, incentivizes yeah, yeah. them to invest that much more. So a little over 6% of Texas's workforce is at international companies. And that puts, you know, your neighbors to shame in terms of uh, the amount of international companies employing folks there in terms uh, compared yeah. to Louisiana or Arkansas, Oklahoma. Uh, you can find out all of the information about how Texas is doing on our website, which is globalbusiness.org, which is all you know one word there. Um, it's really some interesting stuff. So tell me about the Global Business Alliance. I noticed you've got like 200 international companies that are, are maybe more than 200 international companies that are behind this. Is this a lobbying organization on their behalf? 
Yeah, so we are a trade association um, based in Washington, D.C., and we're the only organization that uniquely represents international companies in the United States. And all of our members are U.S. companies. They're, head, they're uh, incorporated here, but they have parent companies in a different time zone. Um, and uh, in many ways, that um, makes them unique in terms of how they might be impacted by legislation or regulation, sometimes you know, unknowingly uh, when legislation is passed. So we try to ensure both at the state level um, in our individual states, as well as in Washington, that these companies have every opportunity to succeed alongside that of any other uh, U.S. company. Well, you, you've evidently you know, been pretty American su- way. You've evidently been pretty successful in Texas. Let me ask you what other thing. I'm interested in the composition of your organization. Are they electronics firms, or I mean, is there any concentration in, in, in any industry? I also also think of, you know, uh, food and 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 spirits import and export. Who's in your group? Yeah, so we're lucky enough. We're lucky enough to represent um, a, a huge variety of industries, right? We're sort of a chamber of commerce uh, for international companies in the United States. So again, foreign direct investment is concentrated in manufacturing. So it's um, you know lots of uh, autos, auto parts, um, chemical, pharmaceutical. Um, uh, so that. You know, it was driving a, a lot of yeah. the investment, but I mean, it's food, it's it's Unilever, it's um, Nestle, it's uh, you know, in the spirits, there definitely um, are some spirits uh, in there as well. We have um, Anheuser Busch InBev, that's now an international company exactly. um, in our membership. Um, but uh, yeah, we represent um, all different industries, and uh, our companies come from I think it's about twenty two countries. Right. These are from our allied countries um, that, uh, again, you know, our hope is, is that we uh, get some uh, additional stability, um, uh, you know, in our politics, which I think everyone hopes for, um, that we're able to um, be that much more attractive to international companies here. I mean, there's no better compliment that when a company that can invest anywhere makes this very deliberate decision to invest here and employ people here. I, I think the fascinating numbers, uh, and I appreciate you bringing them to us. The uh, the CEO of the Global Business Alliance, President and CEO, is Nancy McLernan, who joins us today. Thanks a lot for being with us. I learned Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. For more of our conversation Thanks. with Mr. Mc, uh, Ms. McLernan, please go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.